Are we the unofficial official podcast of the CFL? The unofficially official radically Canadian podcast of the CFL. There we go. I That is what our new subtitle is. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a double double it's time for the two and out podcast ready set hunt. welcome to episode 20 of the two and out cfl podcast it is fraser and Kura. i can't believe that we made it to 20 and we've only fought like three times maybe like three and a half <laughs> i can't i'm i'm shocked and i'm actually fully clothed fully clothed for this episode you know what? We really got to stop with the wardrobe <laughs> updates. Uh, I think maybe that's why our listenership has gone down slightly because people get the visual of of your large, hairy self in uh, a compromising position, and uh, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> There's a market for that. Uh, no, we we've discussed this. We don't need to discuss it again. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right to it. Let's get to the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the To It Out podcast. All right, so honestly, uh, a very light news week uh, this week, it seems, even though that there really is no buy teams this week. The Argos have two games, and it's actually kind of cool to be able to talk to uh, talk about a game that's so fresh that happened on Tuesday night. But we will get to that basically, uh, what, about 10 minutes after we released episode 19. It was announced that the Grey Cup will be in Toronto next year at BMO Field. Yeah, they made the official announcement. You and I had kind of speculated that uh, this would happen. It was going to be Toronto next year and then Ottawa uh, the year following. Uh, I I was more surprised in the venue because I think there was still some talk that they might go back to Sky Dome for only because of its seating capacity. But it sounds like uh, 16 is going to line up with uh, another outdoor NHL game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they'll be able to, which will also take place at BMO. So what they're going to do, put up a bunch of temporary seating and uh, the two will go hand in hand together. Now, I've heard a lot of the talk about why are they leaving Rogers Center? Why are they going to BMO? My question (laughs) is why not? Well, you look at this week as a perfect example. They played what should have been a home game of theirs in Ottawa on Tuesday night. And then they play again on Monday night. And then uh, reports out of... uh, out of Toronto are right now saying their home game Saturday the 17th is being relocated to Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. I mean, it's obviously clear that they are going to be a secondary tenant. It's uh, I'm, I'm so glad this is happening, especially considering the Blue Jays are looking like they're going to be a decent ball club for now and the immediate future. But yeah, it, it, it's this whole Toronto Argonauts at Skydome thing can't come to an end soon enough, and I can only imagine the sense of relief the players and everybody are going to have knowing, okay, we have our own barn starting next year. And there is this there's this feeling that Rogers Center is this world-class facility. It should be hosting world-class events. It's you know, terrible for football. I've been there for the 100th Great Cup. It is not a good place to watch football even if the place is packed it's not a good place to watch football i cannot be more excited for this move to bmo field and i don't know if you've noticed this john but the 104th gray cup logos have you seen that uh basically they show the skyline without roger center in it i did see that uh, i think it's a subtle dig and i oh, yeah. uh, i kind of like it you know they got uh, they got kind of screwed around by roger center f- uh, basically ever since they moved into the place they've always been a secondary tenant so uh yeah stick the middle finger up and erase uh the home of the blue jays uh, from your skyline and i think that they don't want they don't want that great cup venue or revenue to go to roger center 
That brings in a lot of money. You cannot deny that. And you know what? If they if they keep it at BMO, that revenue is going to stay with the new owners. It's not going to go towards uh, Rogers and the Rogers Center. So uh, why not to me? Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, you were there for the 100th Grey Cup. When I was there for the 07 Grey Cup, again, I, I'm bad with remembering what exactly – I think that was 95. Yeah, so that would be the 95th Grey Cup. Beers were over $10 a pop back in 07. What, I mean, what were they charging for number 100? I think they were 13 bucks. <laughs> $13 for a beer. That's a six-pack. It, 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 that's a, that had better be made from the tears of angels and brewed with the finest hops you can only find in the province of Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, uh, at least that money is now going to go, like you said, to the new owners of BMO Field and uh, make the new uh, make the new landlords pretty happy, I'd say. Now, the only problem, if you want to call it a problem, is historically the weather during uh, BMO Field, or it was once known as CNE Stadium, the weather during those great cups gets a little bit interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it's never going to be as bad as, let's face it, if you're having a great cup outdoors in Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, any one of those fine Western Canadian cities, you're always going to end up with, with a problem of it's going to be really, really damn cold and there's always a chance of some weather. So, you know what? I'd love to see, you know, a great cup in a like minus five snowstorm. It would just be, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, like the 96 Cup in uh, Hamilton, downtown Eddie Brown in the I snow. Lo- <laughs> I like it. There's nothing more Canadian than playing professional football in, you know, at least two feet of the white stuff. So I, I did write about it on CFLPass.ca as well. I, I did a little bit of dig- digging, looking at yep. the uh, historical Grey Cups there. Uh, the 1965 one was, was, of course, the Win Bowl, where the yep. Bombers became the first team to start giving up safeties because you could you you were punting it literally minus five yards. <laughs> <laughs> See again, one of the few occasions where I'm okay with giving up a safety, but I still feel that that somehow led to why we're so bad all these years later. <laughs> and then there was also the fog bowl there, if I'm not mistaken. Now, uh, yep. I don't know if uh, our HD cameras now. Would it make it possible to watch the game on TV? But please, 104th Grey Cup, let it be played over two days, but not before <laughs> my flight leaves, okay? Not See, at- maybe, maybe you should just, you know, be smart here, Travis. When you go to the 104th Grey Cup, you should make sure that your flight doesn't leave until Tuesday. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Because they- trust me, those those Monday flights after a Grey Cup festival, they hurt. Oh, they They do. hurt a lot. They do. <laughs> you should just take the extra day. I mean, there's nothing worse than being hungover on a plane, especially when you end up beside some chatty Kathy that wants to talk your ear over and you're nursing a six-day hangover. You just want to, like, normally I'm extremely social, but when I'm coming back from a Grey Cup, it's, uh Don't talk uh, to me. Uh, Caesar, please. Hangover. So we've been talking about the Grey Cup for a while. I do want to talk about the Grey Cup Club. Now, yeah, this is really cool. Like I saw it, the CFL kind of put it out, and it looked like it kind of flew under the radar. Like nobody was really noticing. Nobody. Well, was there was really and again, there was no. It. I didn't see any press release, anything on yeah. Twitter. You know, I I didn't see anything, and all of a sudden, I see them randomly tweeting you. Yeah. So, so what had happened is I saw this, and I immediately got a hold of Brazilian Thai. I'm like, man, we got to get in on this. So it looks yeah. like they have 300 spots. It costs 50 bucks a year. You get a members-only reception. You get a welcome package. It's got some uh, exclusive merchandise in there. Uh, it's got reserved seating at the fan state of the league, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, you get access to a Grey Cup team practice, followed by an on-field photo op. Uh, now, that, now that is yeah. cool. That, to me, is worth the 50 bucks. Yep. Then you get pre-sale tickets to the following Grey Cup. And a special rate on Grey Cup hotel bookings. So I'm like... And that it can often be the hardest part of your Grey Cup trip is finding hotels. Remember the nightmare you and I had to go through to find places in Regina? That was terrifying. I thought we were going to be sleeping on the street in 30 below. We just about were. You and I are big enough dudes, though. We could have cuddled for warmth. (laughs) We would have been all right. (laughs) So when you're in a city like Toronto... The, the biggest concern with hotel is price and location. So yeah. uh, to have this, I think, is great. So uh, I ended up signing up. 
And Tyrell had kind of uh, made the suggestion, hey, I uh, I want to uh, sign up separately just in case. I'm like, no, 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 I'll sign you up. <laughs> yeah. And then it ended up working out because the very next day I wake up, I'm getting myself a double-double. I'm yep. in the drive-thru. I look at my direct messages, and it's the CFL. And it says, hey, uh, just fire us your address, and we'll send your prize in the mail as soon as possible. And I'm like, What? <laughs> what did I win? Like, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, I, yeah. I probably won one of those old school radically Canadian like uh, ball caps or something like that. Yeah, so, I would <laughs> love an old school radically Canadian ball cap if somebody has that. So I look at their timeline and it's like, congratulations to, uh, you know, Kura for being the founding member of the Great Cup Club. You get yourself a game Weston Dressler jersey. I know that is like what I, I, I and the funny thing is I saw the tweet before I even talked to you that day I was just scrolling through and of course I follow you and I follow the CFL so I see at Travis Lee and, and it says for being a founding member of the Great Cup Club and all I said to myself was what the hell is the Great Cup Club and then I said why the hell are they giving you a jersey and three why the hell aren't we the official podcast of the CFL yet yeah I think we might be uh, yeah, let's roll it? with it. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to give us a cease and desist. No. <laughs> yeah, we're, are we the unofficial official podcast of the CFL? The unofficially official radically Canadian podcast of the CFL. There we go. I That is what our new <laughs> subtitle is. <laughs> I like it. So I'm still waiting for this Dressler jersey to show up in the mail. Uh, I don't think it'll fit. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, um, I've met Weston and I've met you. Uh, it certainly is not going to fit you. <laughs> and that's not a knock on me. It's no, no, just... <laughs> no, not at all. Dressler's like, it says like 5'9". I'm like just a hair over 5'8". And Weston, while wearing cleats, is still shorter than me. Uh, I like the guy a lot, but uh, yeah, he's vertically challenged. That's for sure. Like, I'm having a child in November. I bet you the jersey would fit would fit my future child. So, yeah, let's. Uh, this is what he's listed as on the CFL website. 5'7", 179 pounds. I believe it. I, I believe it. Like, the guy's a <laughs> tremendous athlete in tremendous shape. But, like I said, I'm 5'8", bordering on 5'9", and uh, I, I stand over Weston. But, again, he's done way more stuff with his tiny little frame than I've ever done with my <laughs> slightly larger, fatter frame. Yeah, so that one's going on the wall when I get it. Uh, apparently, I'm the founding member of the Grey Cup Club. That is a really, I, uh, really cool thing to call myself. I, I like it. All right, I guess we can just move right on to the Fantasy Expose. What do you say? Uh, I, I say uh, let's do it only if I can see you try to squeeze on that uh, tiny Westler Dressler, Weston Dressler jersey. Deal. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. All right, this is kind of a cool week because we have five games to talk about. So sorry for a minute. Back to a radically Canadian uh, spot. I was googling uh, while doing that. Uh, I found a <laughs> CFL radically Canadian commercial from 1997 on YouTube. Oh man! Uh, it is the it is very 90s. Pinball Clemens is in there. Uh, yeah, uh, we definitely have to tweet this out, uh, from our account, because, uh, watching ni- 1997 Radically Canadian CFL commercials might be my new jam. Oh, and they had those sweet patches on the, uh, on the jerseys and everything. Let's, and, and, like, the really tacky hats that look like farmer's <laughs> hats. We need those back! <laughs> our balls are bigger! Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and that was basically right after the American expansion, because they're like, no, we are pure Canadian. That was really cool. And then We the- just expanded to the States, and it went disastrously. But, hey, we're super Canadian. Man, I'm glad they just did the This Is Our League stuff, because that one... See that, that was that was that was what changed it. This is our oh, yeah. league, and the whole uh, and on top of that, TSN coming on board. But speaking of the American expansion, I saw something on Rod, Rod Peterson's blog that there's some very early rumblings that some people in the CFL have have leaked to Peterson that there's been discussions about going to Los Angeles. That blows my mind. Like, why would you attempt that again? 
But why L.A.? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know there's 20 million people there or whatever, but if there's ever an American team or an American market that you want to expand in, it the, the last place has to be L.A. Well, unless the NFL doesn't approve any teams to move there, right? I mean, there's a craving for football there, and we're talking millions of dollars of new stadiums. I don't know how long the team would last. It would probably be a couple-year experiment, but... Uh, it's. I, I don't think American expansion is a good thing at, at all. Uh, let's keep it Canadian, although, you know, let's get a team in Halifax before we get one in Los Angeles. I agree. Now, I, I did go to L.A., and I have told this story before. I was there four years ago, and I, I was wearing my Chris Getzlaff rider jersey, and this guy came up to me, and he's like, that's a rider jersey? I'm like, yeah. He's yeah. like, I love the Riders, man. This is. I'm like, what the? Where are you from? And he's like, Sa- <laughs> he's, he's like San Diego. I'm like, what? So <laughs> that was the year that the Riders, or it was the year after when they started uh, showing them on the NFL Network. And the very oh, first yeah. game was the 54-52 overtime win, or 54-51 overtime win over the Alouettes, the home opener in 2010. Yep. And after that, he's like, Rider fan. I love I love the CFL. Watches every game on the NFL Network. So maybe that, they have that, good ratings in SoCal or something. Well, maybe or maybe it's just a desire to be the first one down there, kind of like the NHL talking about expansion to Vegas. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Crazier crazier things have happened. We've had teams in Birmingham and Shreveport before, and I couldn't find either of those on the map if you were about to give me five hundred thousand dollars. I just imagine a Grey Cup party on Hollywood Boulevard. Man, we would so get arrested and start an international incident, <laughs> or stabbed, <laughs> or 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 stabbed. That yeah, that would probably both. So this is somehow the fantasy expose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hey, have, we never we never go off the rails here. No, you're right. We have we to go get- we go radically <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Red blacks and alouettes. Henry oh, Burris sets. I was a, gonna. I was gonna ask you which Red Blacks game you wanted to uh, start with. Well, I guess we'll go in chrono- chronological order. So, <laughs> okay, uh, I like it. <laughs> back to last Thursday, uh, <laughs> Burris sets the record for most completions in a single game. 45 of 53, 504 yards passing with two touchdowns, and he's old enough to be our illegitimate fathers. Well, maybe not quite, but it just seems that way. Is Henry Burris the leading candidate for the most outstanding player right now, Travis? I think he has to be. Uh, I, I mean, wh- he's got to get extra points for what he's doing, it, it, being in his 40s, right? Oh, yeah, and the crazy thing is it just shows you how fluky touchdown stats really are. He, yeah. He, when you see 504 yards, you automatically think, man, that's a four or five touchdown game. Yeah. But, but he only had two touchdowns, and he's actually he's either third in the league or fourth in the league in touchdown passes, despite well, and, of and all he, the yards. In his credit, too, he also ran two touchdowns he in did. Yep. on just 7 to 13. So obviously, he was getting close to the goal line and just uh, putting it in. So, I mean, the biggest benefactor on the night, uh, I mean, which, lots of great fantasy stats on that evening. Brad Sinopoli leading the way, seven grabs, 107 yards, one touchdown right behind him. Mo Price, who's having a yeah. bit of a revival the past couple weeks, nine for 104. Chris Williams, nine for 98 and a touchdown. Greg Ellison, five for eighty-three. Ernest Jackson, six for fifty-nine. Like it just like there is passes to go all the way around. He uses every one of that deep receiving core. And man, that Ottawa Red Blacks offense looked good a week ago on Thursday. Uh I just yeah, I, I couldn't believe that he he's still setting records at his age. Uh Montreal, not uh not all terrible. If you had to start their quarterbacks, uh you, you may not be uh May not have been the happiest guy in the world, but uh, Montreal trotting out their 17th quarterback of the year, Boone, <laughs> uh, going 12 of 18, two touchdowns, one interception. I thought Rakeem, he looked okay. Well, absolutely did. Compared to Rakeem Cato, who went 12 of 17 for just 75 yards, lots of checkdowns there. I mean, 
you know, nobody's probably got tape on this Boone guy. I mean, you'd, you'd expect him to uh, to come in and do well. Uh, Nick Lewis, 6 for 64. Sam Jaguer, 5 for 54 and a touchdown. And Fred Stamps, 3 for 33 with a touchdown as well. Now, I, I did want to give you props for the beginning of the season saying Brad Sinopoli is a uh, sleeper pick for this season. If you did end up picking him, you're getting a load of value. Honestly, when I watch him, I'm like, he looks like Andy Fantuz. He, he he does. He knows the game. He's a smart guy from being a former quarterback. And uh, out of all the things I've gotten wrong this year, Brad Sinopoli is one I got very, very right, and I'm kind of proud of it. Now we, we did, did I make- draft him in any of my leagues? No, I did not. <laughs> Take your own advice, John. I know. <laughs> now we did make jokes about the amount of quarterbacks that Montreal has seen, but what about the amount of kickers in Ottawa? Now uh, Brett Maher was just released, so yep. w- what punt are we on uh, for the Red Blacks franchise? It's got to be about the forty-fifth. Uh, I believe it's actually fifty-second. <laughs> Uh, Chris Milo is the 12th kicker, and uh, there will be a 50-second punter. <laughs> I want to dust off my old one-bar helmet and go out and kick for them. Well, uh, maybe Liram Hiralahu will be uh, available right away. <laughs> you do not say that name on this podcast. There's a swear word to me. <laughs> we will get to that game uh, very soon. No, 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 no. You will get to that game. <laughs> I will puke in my mouth if I say Hiralahu. Hiralahu. I picked all, I picked Winnipeg and they lost by a point. That's got to count for something. Yeah, well, well, you picked Winnipeg and they shouldn't have lost by a point if their damn kicker could put a ball through the damn uprights. Yeah, so my uh, pick got screwed. Well, uh, let's just let's continue. Let's not talk about that game just yet. I'm not ready. Uh, let's go to the Riders uh, getting thumped by the BC oh, Lions man. and. and- John Jennings looking like the second coming of uh, Doug Flutie. Dude, he looked like Mr. Perfect out there. He was he had a receiving touchdown and it was it was not an easy reception at all. No, it, it was he was just like there was he could do no wrong. 19 to 25, 364, four touchdowns through the air and then he catches a touchdown pass <laughs> from Austin Colley. I ended up uh choosing Jennings as my quarterback in TSN fantasy last week. That and is a wise decision. I'm like, "Ah, oh, rider defense, BC place. Let's go with Jonathan Jennings." So, I'm now up to 50th on TSN Fantasy. Jennings got me 35 points. Uh, it's too bad that uh, Darrell Rocker, Walker, Eric Rogers, and Terrence Tolliver had a combined uh, 14 points for me. Uh, yeah, not uh, not some of their best games. No, but no. Uh, Andrew Harris back on track, 13 for 100, no touchdowns. Uh, Manny yeah. Arsenault catching two of the touchdown passes. Uh, <laughs> Hawkins, five for 93. Burnham, four for 57 and a touchdown pass. Uh, Sean Gore, uh, a one-two count off the mat. Look, good God almighty, he is still alive. Uh, two for 15, <laughs> uh, touchdown pass. And Jennings with the one reception for 21 <laughs> yards and the other touchdown pass. I ended up picking up uh, Hawkins in my uh, fantasy league because... He's looking great. He he has. There's another Wally Buono find out of nowhere that you haven't heard of. Yeah, he was cut. Uh, I think he was a Cincinnati Bengal. He was he was somewhere in the NFL, but usually not a good lot of good things come out of Cincinnati. No, you're right. Like Pac-Man Jones, Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would be the I'm equivalent? What else? You know, betting on baseball, um, uh, the Bengals, because they've been really good. You know, you know who did come out of Cincinnati is Milt Stegall was an old practice roster player for the Bengals. So that all of a sudden makes this argument invalid. Best thing to ever come out of Cincinnati is Milt Stegall. That's that's there's there's no debating there. There's no debating there. Um, it's for the Riders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was a thing. I'll handle this for you, Trav. You handle that Bombers uh, poop show for me. Uh, Kevin Glenn, 15-21, two interceptions. This is what we know as a game uh, from bad Kevin. There's good Kevin, bad Kevin. I was actually impressed by the play of Brett Smith, 5 for 8, 94 yards, a touchdown and a pick. I still say he's going to be good. Uh, The Riders continue to refuse to run the ball at all. I get it. You're down big. You're not going to be able to do that. Uh, Messam, 9 for 42. Anthony Allen, if you picked him high, uh, you go to the penalty box for two minutes and you you feel shame uh four for eight of course the big reason he's not on the field is because of ratio 
problems in Saskatchewan. Uh, Ryan Smith, four for 80. Naman Roosevelt, two for 68. And the touchdown pass. Jerome Messam, a good day receiving as well. Six for 66 yards. Uh, one could say he was beasting as a receiver. Huge shout-out to Andre Monroe, though. He continues to... Looked great. I think he made his debut Labor Day. In this game, he had five tackles and a sack. I don't know if he uh, rubbed his belly uh, after that sack. But I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping he did. He, he better. If he was one guy they've been high on since day one, but because they've been so up against it ratio-wise for so long this year, he never made it onto the yeah. field. Yeah, he was. he looked awesome. We had the double-double in this game as well. We did have a double-double in this game. Michael Brooks, and for some reason there is a apostrophe in the middle of Michael. Really? Yes. Look. <laughs> I, 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 okay, I'm clicking on the player profile right now. Uh, does that make him Michael Brooks? <laughs> I like Michael Brooks. How about Michael Brooks? Now, the guy's 6'3", 275, so I would not say this to his face, but... Uh, maybe that is his name. Mikhail? Mikhail? He's the official defensive lineman of the Two and Out podcast. <laughs> He's, I, I played fantasy football with a guy who picked guys just based off their names. I oh. feel like Mikhail Brooks would be like his first overall pick if he played fantasy. Yeah, he picked anybody that, uh, I think his name was Corey. He picked anybody that had a hyphen in his name. I remember that. It was a live draft, so he was all about Maurice Jones-Drew, and he always had to say the dash. Uh, yeah, so Corey, uh, Corey would have taken guys like Terrence Jeffers-Harris and Michael Alex Brooks. Alex Hoffman-Ellis, Shaq Murray-Lawrence. The Lions are full of those guys. <laughs> They're probably Corey's new favorite team. He's probably given up on the Riders bandwagon. <laughs> oh, that bandwagon crashed in week four, man. Speaking of, how about bandwagons that crashed in the 1990s, Travis? <laughs> That's the Bombers. Okay, okay, get ready. Where's the angry, uh, what was it, the angry elk? Or, or should we talk about uh, tie cats and stamps first? Uh, okay, well, when we get to the, when we get to the uh, Bombers, uh, have, the, um, have the angry elk queued up. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because we actually got a... Uh, we got a tweet when I sent out the angry elk, and uh, maybe it's not so angry. It's more, uh, um, <laughs> what's oh, it, the word? It, it, it wants to, uh, it wants to make the special times with a lady elk. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I'm part Italian. Normally you grease your hair back real nice, bring out some gold change and say, hey, ladies, hey. Leave come your and, chest hair come out. And, come and make of the make of the special times with the man. And the elk just makes its noise. <laughs> huh. Okay, let's talk about Stampeders and Ticats before iTunes bans us from ever doing another episode. Uh, yeah, and what I thought was uh, a great cup rematch. Of course, you're wishing that Zach Caleros could have been there, yeah. uh, but that was not to be. Uh, Matthews didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. 15 to 23. This is one of those games that not a whole lot of big performers, uh, fantasy wise. Uh, Ford, no. 10 for 50, the leading rusher. He's also the leading receiver. He had a pretty good game. No touchdowns, though. Uh, four grabs, 67 yards. Uh, a guy that you probably had Luke Tasker on your team, uh, three for 34. And Brandon Banks, again, uh, not heavily involved with the uh, offense, uh, putting up. Uh, just two grabs for uh, 23 yards. You do get that touchdown, though. He had a punt return. Uh, he did have a punt return yards. touchdown, so that was some good points. Again, somebody needed to create some offense there. Uh, it certainly wasn't anybody else in the Ticats. Uh, Reed leading the way with eight tackles defensively. It looks like Michael Ford is going to be the guy to own in the Hamilton backfield. No, they're not a team that likes to run, but he did get 14 touches altogether. He looked really good in the passing game, although he did have the 58-yarder, so it does inflate his uh, yep. stats a little bit, but it looks like he's going to be the guy there, and uh, he might be worth a pickup because I know in one of my leagues, like my running backs, like I have Anthony Allen, and I have Andrew Harris, who is awesome, but he yep. was he was questionable for this coming game, so I wasn't sure if I should have started him, but I ended up doing it anyway. But Michael Ford might be a pickup if you need a backup 
Running back. Remember when, at the beginning of the year, we said avoid the Hamilton running back situation? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we, we might have got that one right, too. Brad Sinopoli and avoid the Hamilton running backs. We've gotten two things right on this podcast, uh, and I take pride in them both. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was Wind Bowl 2, maybe, because, man, that wind was nasty. Yeah, Wind Bowl 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, still, I, I like seeing teams have to play in the conditions. Obviously, you'd like to see uh, yeah. arguably the two best teams of the CFL uh, have some good conditions and battle it out. But you know what? Again, nothing inspiring fantasy-wise on either side, but I thought a good football game. Uh, Bo Levi, 25 of 40 for 230 and a touchdown. John Cornish, 14 for 90. He still hasn't had a huge game yet, but he's getting constant production. I, again, with the wind, a lot of short passes which means John Cornish also had seven grabs, 64 yards, so a nice game for him. Markway McDaniel, 6 for 49, and the touchdown. But uh, if you had the Calgary field goal units, uh, Rene Paradis went 5 for 7 with a rouge for 16 of the Stampeders points. With a rouge. Everybody loves a good. They are not a single CFL. They are a rouge. Deal with it, accept it, embrace it. Yeah, I love it. Chris Cuthbert, any chance he gets, he drops the Rouge reference as well. He <laughs> he never lets that get by on the TSN broadcast. So. And that's why he's one of the best. Yes, that's why he is awesome. Now, speaking of field goal units. Uh, no, no, get the angry elk <laughs> cu- queued up. Get, get it up. of the angry elk by using the word f yes <laughs> i wonder like like i wonder if you can just like sense to the beginning and the end does it still count as a swear i don't, I don't think so <laughs> all right you you get to some creative editing there travis and i can't wait to see what happens when you turn my uh four letter bad word into uh, an angry elk with my screaming mixed in i'm just gonna loop that elk <laughs> So if if the Bombers had a legitimate field goal kicker, they would have beaten the Edmonton Eskimos and would be in a very good position to uh, being third place in uh, the West and getting into the playoffs. Well, they do play BC again, too, so anything can happen when it comes to that. No, it, it no because they'll lose and BC will continue <laughs> to win. And whatever whatever team ends up in that third spot in the West is going to get absolutely throttled by one of Edmonton or Calgary. So Winnipeg just missed the playoffs. You're awful. Go home and relax and watch on the TV uh, again. Matt Nichols having his best day. 22 of 39, 320, and a touchdown. Uh, Clarence Denmark uh, coming back from the dead a little bit, 3 for 95. Nick Moore, 6 for 86, and a touchdown. And there it was, Liram Haralahu, <laughs> 1 for 5, 1 for 2 in the extra points with one rouge. I d- it's more like Liram Haralahu. <laughs> this game, I will say, though, had me on the edge of my seat, and this I didn't. No, I didn't even. I didn't even watch. I was. I was doing something else, and I just said, "I'm so sick of watching this team lose." If I have something better to do, oh yeah, I was traveling with the Saskatoon Hilltops to Edmonton oh, okay. at the time. I wasn't even going to stream it. I, I listened to the last five minutes when Haralahu who actually made a field goal. Uh, that's all I listen to of this game. It's just I got the text from my buddies in Winnipeg, and it's just I'm at that point with, with you know, at least you being a Ryder fan, most of your games are good. Winnipeg games, and I mean, you could probably, this is the third game to me that Haralahu's ineffective kicking is lost for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like they would be in a playoff spot soundly if Haralahu could do better. And you're telling me there isn't anybody out on the street that's better than him right now? I, I can't say that. I don't know why they haven't made a change. And I know he looked great last year, or at least he looked okay. He looked. And, you know what? He has all the potential in the world. He's a yeah. great punter. They need somebody in there that can kick field goals. I don't know who's going to do it, but this season is lost because, you know, and I get it. It was a long field goal against uh, Calgary, but he missed it. And it was just a, a disaster out there. I, I'm interested to see what happens to the kid when he bounces back. Uh, Adams, uh, 12 tackles and a pick, uh, had a pretty good day uh, defensively. Uh, meanwhile, for the Eskimos, Mike Riley got over uh, 50 yards for a second game in a row. 
uh, throwing for 298, a touchdown, two picks. He doesn't like something seems to be off with him. Something seems to be off basically with the whole offense. Yeah, a little out of sync. Chad Simpson, nine uh, rushes for uh, 65. Riley they can't run the ball or, or they're not running it as much as they should be. Well, they only had 17 carries, including uh, 7 of 36 from Riley for, for a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Walker, 10 grabs, 98 yards. Bowman, 7 for 74. Yeah, something's just something's just off there in Edmonton right now. Stafford keeps bringing those big plays every single game, though. He had that 55-yard touchdown. And like I said, this game to me is what the CFL is all about. Now, I know the game wasn't very high scoring. It was 24-23. And this was my Saturday. My girlfriend ended up throwing her back out Friday morning. And it it was... (laughs) It was, now I can look back, and she can look back on the situation and laugh because she locks the door. She's showering in the morning. I'm fast asleep, and all of a sudden I hear her yelling in pain, but I can't help her, and she's locked in the bathroom. Oh, no. So she can't get out of the bathtub because her back's in so much pain. I'm trying to break into the bathroom. <laughs> I've got a bobby pin. I've got a comb. I've got a butter knife. I'm like... I can't get into here without breaking the door down. She's like, don't do that. Well, I'm like, well, I have to get help. And she's like, no, I'm not wearing any clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So she ended up mustering up the strength to open up the door. I helped her. Called into work. She's not going to be in today. Ended up uh, setting up a little station where she could just watch Netflix all day long. Now her back is better. But on Saturday, we, we just set up the station. We watched football, we watched wrestling, we got a pizza from Costco and a bunch of chips and dip and had a blast. Oh, so- I love Costco pizza. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Right. So uh, Eskimos and Bombers, we were set up. Of course, I'm a neutral observer. And the end of this game to me was just nuts. <laughs> yeah, was- otherwise known as the kid can't kick. It-, it was drama at the end because when he comes out to put uh, the bombers in the lead. There was like 50 seconds left, or something like that. And yeah. they're showing shots of fans, and they all have their hands over their eyes. Or, but at the same time, they're also making noise to encourage him, which I thought was really cool. They could have just booed him off the field and be like, "You suck." But they, those fans in Winnipeg, they continued to encourage him, and he drills the kick. The place goes nuts. And then Mike Riley uh, suddenly there's nothing wrong with him again, and uh... <laughs> but but it just it to me it was funny. I was listening to the CJOB broadcast, and I've listened to Bob Irving and, and Doug Brown countless times, especially Bob yeah. growing up. But I've never heard Doug Brown rip on a guy like he was on Liram Haralahu, and wow. I'm, I'm glad to see the fans were behind the guy. But that was just a brutal game, and he's got if he's going to be a professional football player, he has to get better. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, We ended up sending out the tweet. Uh, Will he play another game in the CFL, or is this his last game? And it was unanimous. Everyone's like, how can they keep this guy around? It is just unacceptable. Well, well, and I saw some people on Twitter that were responding like, oh, you got to give him another chance. He's a kid. And, 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 you know, I think it was even Fake Gainer that said something like that. And I remember replying going, yeah, at some point you have to look in that dressing room and go, this guy's lost us three football games this year. Yeah. And what point does being a good teammate and being a good friend take over the fact that you're costing us games? And I I don't think anybody expected Winnipeg to be in the Grey Cup at home this year. But I think people might have expected them to compete and to, you know, fight for third in the West to at least get into the playoffs. Because once you get in, anything can happen. Oh, Oh, for sure. I mean, the CFL's proven that time and time again. It could be 25 below, and it just ends up being the lucky team or the toughest team that day ends up winning the Well, like the where, where we talked to Steve Morley about the 2011 East Final with the yeah. Ticats. It was cold. <laughs> they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Winnipeg did, and that was the difference. So, yeah, uh, For sure. Haralahu <laughs> has a tough game, but to me, this is what sets the uh, CFL uh, apart from the NFL right now. Uh, in the NFL, there is no foot <laughs> in their football. Uh, it's nothing but fair catches and nothing but touchbacks. And to yeah. me, it's it's 
it's boring. I mean, no, I, I'm with you. They're almost at a point in the NFL. I think you're almost uh, eliminating uh, returns entirely. I mean, especially on the kickoffs. And I get it; it's for player safety. But uh, there's something entertaining about about a good uh, a good old fashioned uh, run back. Well, yeah. In this game, uh, we had Studemeyer run back a punt. Brandon Banks ran back a punt. That's just not happening down south. And nope. nothing gets a crowd on their feet faster than a, a good punt return. I'm just loving what we're seeing this year with those new rules on the kickoffs. You're bang on, buddy. Let's take a look at the Tuesday night football game. Yeah, Esks win 24-23 in the Tuesday night game. Was awesome as well. Yeah, Man. it was great. Andrew Harris, uh, Ricky who, uh, 32 of 44, five touchdowns. Oh, Trevor Harris. Trevor Harris. Did, who did I call him? Andrew Harris. Yep. Well, there we go. There, once again, uh, do I lose Eskimo, Eskimo Empire points for uh, getting a, uh, a, a another pl- te- team's player's name wrong? We hope not, because I was listening to uh, their podcast this week, and it's double Empire Points Week, so I hope it's not double negative, because <laughs> you're screwing us over. Yeah, maybe we'll play that fight song of theirs, just to be nice. <laughs> 32 of 24, uh, 397. 32 of 44. 40, did I say 24? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he completed more than he attempted. <laughs> <laughs> he was that damn good that night. <laughs> oh, it's not like we're live or anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 32-44, 397, five touchdowns, two interceptions on my third try through it. I finally got it. Uh, Toronto basically saying, we're not going to run the ball. Uh, <laughs> Harris was the leading rusher with three rushes for 25 yards. Uh, again, the some of the, the players that uh, Toronto's gone out and found, uh, Elliott, three yeah. for 80 and a touchdown. Uh, Chad Owens, with to me, that's the catch of the year. Oh, it, when you take into account not only what he had to do to catch the ball, but the time. Yep. 24 seconds left. And you make that catch? Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Owen's showing that he's still got a little life in him. Six for 74. The big touchdown catch at the end of the game. Brandon Whitaker, 11 grabs for 62 yards. Uh, the one touchdown. Gurley, two for 58. And the touchdown. Hazleton, five for 51. And a touchdown. And when there's five touchdown passes, you say touchdown uh quite a, a bit. Uh, Ex-Bomber kicker Justin Pilardi, uh didn't miss a field goal in his one attempt. And guess what? He didn't miss an extra point either. Yeah, those are from 32 yards, so that's pretty impressive these days. Well, it is, especially when what the other guy in Winnipeg's doing now. So, <laughs> so for a second time in this podcast, we now get to talk about the Ottawa Red Blacks. Henry Burris, uh, no record-setting performances, 27-35, 252 touchdowns and one interception. Johnson, the only rusher. This is a this is interesting. Not even a quarterback sneak, nothing. Johnson, the only rusher uh-huh. for Ottawa, 7 for 55 and a score. Greg Ellingson, 3 for 54 and a touchdown. Ernest Jackson, 3 for 51 and a touchdown. A Brad Sinopoli, 5 catches, 35 yards. But, of course, all the concern for this one now uh, with Ottawa and Henry Burris leaving late with a shoulder injury. Yeah, and he did already come out and say, no worries, he will be playing next week. Now, he does get, a, I guess, an extra long rest here because he doesn't have to play. He gets 10 days of rest. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not on a bye week, but they <laughs> yeah. kind of are because they don't play until uh, next Friday against uh, the Blue Bombers. Now, my question to you, John, mm-hmm. is somewhere... Ricky Ray and Travis Lule have to be in a pub crying and reminiscing about the good old times. Now, Jonathan Jennings and Trevor Harris are making those guys look inexpendable. Well, they they were already talking about letting go of Travis Lule. Honestly, for for Ricky Ray, he should be sending Trevor Harris a edible arrangements uh, full of fruit and chocolate. uh, Because I think Ray, if he would have been rushed back, it would have been bad for his long-term health. I think Trevor Harris has bought him enough time to get himself right and really compete next season, wherever that may be. We know it's not going to be in Toronto. Yeah, they they don't need him anymore. So is Ray going to see the field at all this year? I don't think so. I think it's best for, especially after such a major surgery, for Ricky Ray to, you know, take the rest of the... Now, if if next, if, you know, against Calgary in their next game, 
he goes down, or pardon me, against Montreal in their next game, if if Trevor Harris goes down and goes down long-term, then I imagine we'll see Ricky Ray. But I could imagine the plan is probably just let Trevor Harris take this through the end of the year and let Ricky get himself right. Yeah, and I wrote about it on cflpass.ca. When you really consider what the Argos have done this season, it is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, certainly. I mean, they've they're playing. They they played a home game in Fort Mac. They played a home game in Ottawa. They're going to play a home game in Hamilton, according to TSN Radio. I mean, they basically haven't played at home, and when they have, they play in a dump. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible that now they're at eight wins and they're in the mix for the East East title. Yeah, the the fact that this team is over five hundred to me is uh, amazing. Everybody picked them to finish yep. last in the East. They don't have Ricky Ray, like you said. Fort Mac, yep. uh, they're playing in Ottawa. You know where there is no home field advantage, but they continue to compete and they continue to have good games and actually uh, Aus Davis from CFL Pass sent us a message because there was a fan that accuses the CFL and the Argos for being amateur because of them having a home game in Ottawa this is nothing to do with the CFL and it's nothing to do with the Argos at all it's it's the hand they've been dealt Rogers owns the Rogers Center previously Skydome the number one yeah. tenant for Rogers is the baseball team that they own, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Argos have always been the second tenant. The Argos have always been that bad roommate that doesn't do the dishes and leaves the garbage out for far too long. They just want them out of there, right? Yeah. Uh, especially when Rogers is in direct competition with Bell Media, which is TSN, which shows all the games. It's not amateurish. It, it The perception is there that it does look Bush League. I get it. It's not the Argos' fault and it's not the league's fault because it's not the league that said, hey, great, let's play a game in Ottawa because that makes a lot of sense. It's the fact that they've been pushed out by Rodgers and they're making the best out of a bad situation. Yeah, and when you you look at Mosaic Stadium, Tim Hortons Field, Commonwealth Stadium, McMahon Stadium, Investors Group Field, uh, Heck, TD Place, uh, even Molson Stadium in Montreal, those teams are basically the only tenants there other than the cis football or the odd concert that comes through well see i I mean you look at you look at a lot of those it's cis it's cjfl now the cfl i know does make it a little harder on the cis clubs because the cfl has a rule that 24 hours before game time nobody else can play a game on that turf so i mean it's just a matter of scheduling between the cis and the canadian junior football league uh again they do that because if teams want they can then access the the turf for a walkthrough or whatever uh again i'm not i'm not coming out and saying i'm against it but you're right it seems like everyone else is yes let's make football at all levels happen meanwhile roger center is like no baseball only no no (laughs) turf for you yeah, so it's it's totally different situation. You can't call it amateur. Like down south, other than the Oakland Raiders and the Jets and the Giants that share their stadium, they those teams are basically the only tenant in every single one of those stadiums. And the states have the infrastructure, let's face it. If the Pan Am games went down south, they would figure out a way. But yep. no, those were in Ontario as well. So it makes kind of a loaded schedule in the back half for the Ticats and the Argos to have more home games. It's not amateur. It's no, it's not, it's not amateur work. at all. Calling it am- I mean, I, I guess I see I see the other side, though. The perception that a team doesn't really have a home doesn't strike something like a professional league does. That seems to happen in Junior A and Junior B hockey leagues. Uh, but again, it is not the Argos of the league's fault that it's amateur. It's just they're in a bad situation and they're trying to make the best of it. I guess how, uh, it, and we don't want to talk about politics or anything, but it seems like stadiums in Canada mostly belong to the taxpayer. Stadiums yep. in the states basically belong to the teams and the owner. I would, I would strongly disagree. I think you're backwards there, Trav. Really? Oh, look at any new stadium in the states. There's billionaire owners that are putting less than a tenth of the cost into these new stadiums. It's just the thing is in the states here in Canada, we're like, hey, if we're giving you all this tax money for the stadium, everybody should get some use out of it. Down in the states, it's like, hey, here's here's nine hundred million dollars. Now go run things as you see fit. Oh, so I, I guess it's basically the same thing, except down south. 
you know, they, they the taxpayers give their money and they they use it for their football. Well, and they and they bugger off and they let the team owners. Yeah. Do it. I mean, here, I mean, it's always so complicated in Canada. I mean, you look at the the math oh. behind even New Mosaic. You look at the math behind Investors Group Field or TD Place. Like, it's very rare that the team owner's putting in a ton of money. It's usually complicated government loans oh, and, yeah. and, and, and things like that. In the States, they get straight handouts, man. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's almost like they get the money and then they figure out how to pay for it later. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that's exactly it. <laughs> so enough of that. It's not amateur. It's just the the hand that they've been dealt, and things will not appear amateur when they're at BMO Field. It'll be a lot a lot better. Well, they'll have their own. They will have their own barn. Now, regrettably, I, I guess we do have to talk about our two and out CFL podcast fantasy league. Uh, we lost to Brazilian Tyrell. How do we lose to the guy that's got like no wins? Uh, our team's bad, man. Like at the beginning of the year, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought they would be good. We got Calgary quarterbacks, but our, our receivers never panned out because, you know, Jeff Fuller, who actually I saw a stat the other day. He's like leads the league in targets, but can't can't bring them all in. Clarence Denmark has turned out to do nothing. So <laughs> we got kind of hosed there, and our running backs like we have Tyrell Sutton and Anthony Allen, and uh, Sutton has been in and out of the lineup, and Allen has done nothing. Yeah, no, and yeah, Allen has really. And and we knew that his numbers were going to be down, but we took a flyer on him anyways, and it's just really backfired. Yeah, so I'm all about TSN Fantasy this week, or actually the rest of the year, because I'm top 50. Now, I, I need to win that Joseph Abu suit. <laughs> I, I would love, I'd love to see you in a brand new suit. I think, I think you, you strongly deserve it, man. <laughs> so this week, both Argos games count in CFL Fantasy, so... My, my lineup's looking awesome because I loaded up. I got Trevor Harris, Kevin Elliott, and Tory Gurley, and I'm already uh, 37th in the country. So, I think that that was a wise decision. Double down a lot of Argos guys and take advantage of the fact that uh, they play twice. Yeah, so I am one step closer to winning this uh, Joseph Abu suit uh, for Morse. <laughs> you have to you if you win that, you have to wear it every single time we record. <laughs> I know Deal. I know you'll have to stop eating Costco pizza while we record if you're wearing your new suit but uh <laughs> you, you know maybe then we can periscope it uh, maybe then we'll be periscope appropriate All right let's get to uh, I guess episode 3 of Getting Waxed with Brazilian Tie Hey it's Brazilian Tie with the third edition of Getting Waxed here on the 2 and Out podcast This week we take a look at the matchup between Edmonton and Winnipeg on Saturday afternoon Now I know there was two other big blowouts this week but when a team beats themselves up repeatedly like Blue Bombers did on Saturday, it was pretty hard not to take a look at this game. In a game that the Eskimos had no business winning, they managed to squeak out a one-point victory to keep pace with Calgary for first in the West, thanks in large part to Liram Haurilahu. Haurilahu was absolutely atrocious in this game. He went one for five on field goals and included a miss in the fourth quarter, and he missed an extra point. The one field goal he did make gave his team a two-point lead with 102 left on the clock, and it seemed like he may have redeemed himself. Cue Mike Riley. He was able to get his kicker into field goal position with just seconds left on the clock. And after Sean White hit 55 yarders all morning in pregame, he had no problem stepping up and nailing a 53-yard field goal to finish a game where his counterpart missed out on 12 points of his own. My honorable mention this week goes to the Old Miss Rebel. Ken Austin's alma mater came into their game against the Florida Gators ranked third and ended up giving up 38 points in a 38-10 beatdown along with four touchdowns through the air. I'd also like to mention that I got somewhat of a waxing myself this past week. Travis signed myself, himself, and his girlfriend Taylor up for Grey Cup Club. Hell, we were even founding members. CFL conveniently left me out of the congratulatory tweet. Maybe having Josh Donaldson as my Twitter avatar had something to do with it. If you have any questions, suggestions, or whatever, just feel the need to rip me on Twitter. You can find me at Brazilian Tie. Until next time, remember to keep your wax hot and your strips clean. Now back to John and Travis on the 2 and Out podcast. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. <laughs>
All right, so this is uh, the only podcast of the year will, where we actually will miss a game. Uh, just for fun, who would you have picked uh, out of the Red Blacks and the Argos? I would have picked the Red Blacks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would have picked the Red Blacks uh, so they could have got closer to uh, Brazilian Ty getting himself waxed. Uh, also because they were at home. But uh, Chad Owens went ahead and uh, ruined that for future or past me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That that to me, though, I can't even be upset about that because that was, that was awesome. It is like a back to the future kind of a Twilight Zone kind of thing, though. I know. I feel like I have the sports almanac in my back pocket. <laughs> I can tell you. I can pick the Toronto Argonauts. They will win. <laughs> Riders and Ticats, Friday night football. It looks like Getzlaff making his return. Chris Getzlaff got confirmed from head coach Bob Dice today. He'll be back. Uh, questionable are linebacker Jeff Knox Jr. and a handful of other defensive players, which means the Tabby's offense is going to roll over them, which means play the song! Yeah, I'll play it. I'm, I can't deny it. I got the Tabby's as well. It's going to be a dogfight to win the East to close the season. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that East race. Unlike in the West, where... It's a two-dog race, two-horse race. And those two horses play each other on Saturday night. It's the Eskimos at the Calgary Stampeders, and I really wanted to suck up to the uh to the Eskimo Empire guys this week but I just can't do it Calgary 7 and 0 at home they've won 3 in a row uh what were we playing for the Stampeders again I know Calgary band The Dudes I think you should play their song it's a hockey song Saturday night because this game's on Saturday night Saturday 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 this, to me, is going to be the most intense game so far of the season. Uh, we're playoff football from here on out. Thanksgiving weekend. I really, really am looking forward to this one. Did you see Bo Levi Mitchell and Odell Willis battled in Madden on the PS4? I, I did not, but I could have beat them both. Oh, you're that confident, eh? I am that confident. Bo Levi, you want to take me on? I'll take the drive down to Calgary and whoop you in Madden. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this because Odell Willis ended up uh, hammering Bo Levi fifty seven to thirty six. Well, why do you why do you think I'm picking on Bo Levi, not Odell? <laughs> so so <laughs> we we don't want the winner. We want to play the loser so we have a chance. That's right. And then and then maybe if I beat Bo Levi, I'll go ahead and play Odell Willis. So the challenge has been posted. But I'm picking Bo Levi stamps here. Now I do have. Uh, uh, just a hunch that Odell Willis won't be as polite to Bo Levi Mitchell on Saturday. Now, I don't know if I'm off base here, but <laughs> I don't think he's just going to tap him on the butt and say, hey, uh, good job, Bo. But the Eskimos, they've won four in a row. I think they have the Calgary uh, horse off of their back. I think they win. So does that mean we play the Eskimo uh, fight song and uh, make the guys at Eskimo Empire feel good? Double the empire points. Let's do it. We're going fight, 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 fight oh, Eskimos. Eskimos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bombers and Lions. Hey, this one is a third place battle. Uh, let's. Uh, you Division. know what? This game is so gross. I'm going to pick the Lions, and because they claim they're from Vancouver now, I'm going to make you play Nickelback. <laughs> no! Gross music to go along with a gross football game. BC wins by a whole bunch. Haralahu makes more than one field goal. You know what I love about that game is that they've got the Esks and Stamps starting at 7 Eastern and then the uh, Bombers-Lions starting at 8. So uh, they're like, ah, Bombers-Lions, we'll just bury you on Saturday night and hope it, nobody watches. It's actually, a it's been moved to 10 o'clock. <laughs> So we'll be able to watch it in all its glory. I'll be coming home from Thanksgiving dinner, getting ready to do the Hilltops game against the Calgary Colts on Sunday. So maybe I'll watch a few minutes of that and then cry a little. Yeah, I'm going to go BC as well, but... Ah, 
no, I got to go BC, especially if they got Jennings in because that guy, I, I hate to hype a guy this fast into his career, but do you think he's another Rakeem Cato, which Cato could be good in the future, or is he the real deal? Uh, well, apparently the Ryder scouting staff was very impressed with him, and if there's one thing the Ryder scouting staff actually knows, it's decent quarterbacks. Uh, look at Drew Willie, Darian Durant, Brett Smith. Tino Sanceri. <laughs> <laughs> he is still the official quarterback of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Uh, I don't I don't think Jennings is as good as he was against that terrible Riders defense, uh, but I think he's better than Rakeem Cato right now. Yeah, I actually think that's going to be a hard-fought game. Winnipeg's defense is doing okay uh, lately, but Andrew Harris might have himself a uh, heck of a game on Saturday night. Now, the Thanksgiving Classic Argos and Alouettes. This is an interesting one. Who do you have? Well, I got the Toronto Argonauts. I think even though they're playing a second game technically within a week, I thought they looked really good in defeating Ottawa. They might be the team that's starting to come on late a little bit here in the East Race. So uh, cue up a little bit of the poor young things. They're originally from Thunder Bay. They live in Toronto now. I'm picking the Argos. Episode 20 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Fraser, would you say that we have jumped the shark? Uh, we jumped the shark after episode uh, two. <laughs> All right, we're still hanging in there, though. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Two and Out CFL, or uh, rate review. Actually, all of the above. And subscribe on iTunes. It's Fraser and Kura. We will talk to you next week.